As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 158 of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, uh, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst every, <laughs> amongst other things, video <laughs> games, video games. <laughs> Video games, <laughs> and I am joined tonight by two of our Not Your Mama's Gamer co-hosts. Just messed all your stuff up. Talking about Queen Helene Cocoa Butter. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Alicia Carabinus, who is being an ass, and Alex Lane, who is never an ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. We need to have somebody around here to calibrate against. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, she's sending me messages to make me mess up while I'm talking. So we're gonna start with this. Uh, we're gonna start with y'all. Um, <laughs> Alicia, since you're since you're the one being ill behaved tonight, who are you, darling? I'm the I'm the bad child. <laughs> um, I am Alicia Carabinus. I am a PhD student now post prelims ah, at Purdue University studying, guess what? Uh, video games. Out oh, in rhetoric and composition. Video games. Video games. And a blast from the past. Somebody we don't mm-hmm. hear often enough. Alex Lane. Alex. That's right. Who That's are you, me. darling? I am uh, Alex Lane, professor at Metro State. Very uh, soon to be going up for tenure. December 13th is my Ooh. tenure meeting. Nice. Nice. I tenure and promotion, so booyah. Booyah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I study video game stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all the things. All the things. All the things. All right. Well, we're going to start with our usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking before we get to our issue this week. Um, and we will, you know what, uh, Alex, we'll start with you this week. What you playing, okay. darling? Uh, well, I, I, I didn't know you guys were playing Fortnite, but I'm also playing Fortnite. Uh, oh my God. I freaking love it. I'm obsessed with it. Um, 
It's super fun. So I've been playing that a lot. I've been playing a lot of board games. I just picked up Destiny 2. I just installed it. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had a chance to open it yet because I've been out all day, but uh, I will be playing that tonight. I've heard so many good things about it, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know if I can give them money again, you guys. I feel so burned. Oh, well, really? You won't, you won't feel burned on this one. I've heard it's... Yeah, I've heard really good things, too. Yeah, so, but on this one. I wish I could have played it before the podcast, but I had to read a bunch of really, really good articles, so <laughs> I was uh, busy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that I'll be playing soon, playing lots of board games. Uh, I've tried a couple new mobile games, trying to get out of a rut I'm in, but you know, summer's more outdoor games for me than bitchy games, so that's about it. So what are you playing Fortnite on? PlayStation. Oh, uh, wrong platform. Wrong. Platform. Well, I'm doing it because my buddies in Canada, and I just got back from a trip to Canada. They they play on PlayStation. They each have one, and uh, so we were in. A, we were playing Neverwinter together, but uh, decided to try this Fortnite thing out, and I love it. Okay, I can forgive you because there's friends involved, but otherwise, we're very yeah. disappointed in your life choices, Alex. Yeah. I feel like it's not the first, last, or only time that that's going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> I got to ask you a question. Hats I got to ask you a question because we're okay. playing Fortnite. Have you tried the uh, Survive the Storm yet? Uh, no. No, that's where they attack your base. No, well, uh, you you talk about the new survival mode, yes? Yes. yes the, the, I haven't played it in a couple weeks. I haven't gone. Okay, so oh, okay. yeah, the, the new survival mode dropped last week? I think it was okay. last week, the new survival mode. I haven't played mode. it yet then. Yeah. So there's a new survival mode that's a 3, 7, or 14 day. Um, oh. And once you start, you can't stop. Right? And each day is, they say, 18 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Okay. It feels much longer than that. And that shit is intense. Have Good. you played it yet, Alicia? We played it together, which is why I'm asking. Oh, did we play it together? Yes, that's why I'm asking, because let me remind oh, you, right. you probably blocked it out. This is when we played with the person who decided that everything in a high-level game needed to be built from wood that could be easily destroyed. <laughs> right, Ooh. right, right. The ninja character, we kept cussing out the entire time. Can I just time? tell you that I have heard, yeah. I heard the two of us say words that we, like, made up on the spot. <laughs> 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 That shit is brutal. Yeah, and once you start, you can't stop. So you got to play through three days. Then you can move to seven days if you want, and you can move to 14 days. So and each day is 18 minutes, huh? Each, so so the, the longest, the 14-day Survive the Storm takes like four hours. Takes four and a half hours plus. Yeah. Jesus. It's like it's like raiding. It's like raiding in WoW again. Yep, yep. <laughs> but well, the problem I'm gonna, is... I'm, I'm going to play Destiny, but... Well, when you get back to it, I'm going to tell you, you need to definitely play with your friends because playing with randoms, uh, my husband had a game that was even worse than ours, Sam. Mm -mm, that's not possible. It Okay, one person was just AFK the whole time and just stood. <laughs> um, they started the second night without building walls around the generator. Of course. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it yeah. was worse. <laughs> that, that was worse. Wooden walls, no walls. Yeah, that's, that's worse. Yeah. Yikes. Mm, so it's a mess. Like, I, if, if if you're playing with friends and you're approaching it like like a, a raid, it seems like it would be awesome. Yeah. 
But well, playing with randos is, is never the way to play that. It's never to play the survival mode. I wanted to throw myself all the way off a building. Well, now I'm sad. I didn't know you guys were playing it too. Damn. Yeah, and then once you get, once you start, once you start, you know, putting that amount of time in, you don't want to just drop out. You're like, no, I already got like all this time in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what platform are you playing Destiny on? You gonna say PlayStation, aren't you? Uh, no, I have another friend who is an Xboxer, and uh, he <laughs> plays Destiny obsessively. So I got it on Xbox. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you'll see me on there tonight. All right, all right, Alicia. What about you? What about you? What you playing, darling? Fortnite and Overwatch. Now that I I, I spent so much time earning my Grill Master seventy six skin that I have to get in my Grill Master time. <laughs> like I didn't even really play Soldier seventy six before I got the skin, but it is the greatest skin that's ever been released in any game. So <laughs> I was gonna say I don't even I couldn't even I was thinking about that. I was like, why is she obsessed, so obsessed with this? I have never seen you play Soldier <laughs> it's, 76. It's so funny. It's his gun is it even says it's an a it's it's a salt rifle now. <laughs> and when he lays down his little soda can and he's like, everybody get over here and drink up. It's just like so I don't know, it just cracks me up. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm glad you got it. Real master forever. I had to buy it. I got every other skin. I opened every damn other skin. I opened like six other legendary skins. I had to earn the 3,000 coins to get it. <laughs> Blizzard hates me. They wanted to give you. Just because they heard you saying that's the one you wanted. I played my face off for like the whole two or three weeks or whatever of the summer games. It was awful. Nice. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Fortnite and and Overwatch. Yep, that's it for me right now. I got the uh, I got the first episode of the Life is Strange prequel. Gonna play it this weekend, but I just feel real weird about it. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people do. I understand that. Um, that you know, with the voice actors and and all that madness. I mind that. It's just. A story which I already know the end is weird. Yeah, you know the end of Shakespeare stories, but people still read them. That's true. That's true. But you, I, I feel like you read those for the language and the wordplay. And I, as as excited as the team seems to be about developing this game, I'm gonna guess <laughs> that it may not be there in terms of the writing. It's no Shakespeare. We'll see. Maybe it is. Okay. I'm hoping it's good. I bought. I saw. I bought. I did. I bought the. I bought the whole season, because I wanted like the the soundtrack and the extra clothes for Chloe and all that other stuff. I don't give a shit about any of that. And if I don't like the first episode, I'm not getting the rest. Well, you know what? I always say that, and I and then I end up doing it. And this time, I decided not to, right? Because I usually do that exactly that way. But then you end up paying extra when you go back and pay and buy the other episodes. Because it always tends to be just a little, it costs a little bit more. So I just like, forget it. I'm just going to buy the whole thing. If I hate it, I'll just bitch about it. Um, <laughs> so, so I did. I bought that. Um, this I, is the difference between tenure money and grad school money. Shut up, man. That is true, though. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, coffee shop? I can totally do that as opposed to, oh, fuck, coffee shop. Okay. Like, I got to look for some change and. 
Yeah, that is like, a big difference. Like, I think I got some quarters under the mat in my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine. I don't need to eat tomorrow. And <laughs> my kids' shoes aren't that bad. <laughs> you guys are terrible. We're on a tear tonight. You kind of raised us, Sam, so it's pretty much your fault. <laughs> That's true. She did, didn't she? That's what it's I tell my mom all fault. the time. Yeah. She feels guilty, so it works. <laughs> it's not going to work for me, though. Sam, what are uh, you playing? So, like I said, I bought Life is Strange. I also bought Destiny 2. It's all installed and waiting to go. And I was going to play it last night, but then I started playing something else and totally lost track of time. But I'm going to tell you about that one in a minute. Um, I'm also playing Fortnite because Alicia and I have been playing. We played Fortnite. Yeah, we did. We played the survival mode together. I am so lost. It's been a hell of a week, y'all. You probably um, blocked that game out of your mind because it was the worst. <laughs> it was a mental block. It was a mental block. I'm saving myself. Saving my psyche. Saving my psyche. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've been playing Fortnite. Um, I played because uh, I have the Xbox Game Pass. Um, I played Hugh. The color-based puzzle game, mm-hmm. uh, it is um, it's so much fun, right? It's, it kind of reminds me of Limbo. And, well, it's kind of like this. It plays like Limbo and Inside, right? Um, but to solve puzzles, you have to use a color wheel and change colors in the space that you're in on that level to make different things appear or disappear in order to, to, to progress. Um, Wait, and, I think I played that too. Yeah, it's it's a fairly new game though. That that's what I'm saying. It's a fairly new game, but it's already an Xbox Game Pass. It's an indie game. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The music is like all calming. Um, and maybe this maybe this help you remember. Uh, the story starts out with Hugh, who's the 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 protagonist, is trying to find his mother. Um, in this they live in this gray, black and white or this grayscale world, um, and. Uh, she's been working with a scientist at the university and they've discovered color. Now she's, she's, this is going to sound really funny. She's gone colored uh, and (laughs) is lost in their world. So he goes out to find her, but it's an amazing game. It's so much fun. Um, I watched the trailer for that, but I haven't played it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, So I've been playing that. Uh, and then I picked up Mario and Rabbids, which I, I I have never played a Rabbids game because they have just seemed far too stupid to me. They're kind of funny. They're full of scatological fast, humor. Yeah. They are full of scatological humor. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, that's not my thing. Poop jokes, fart jokes, they are not funny to me. Just are not, ever. Um so Mario and Rabbits was just kind of off the table for me. Um, and then I was on Facebook and Danny Penna from Gamertag Radio was like, this is like the best game ever on the Switch. He was like, this might be my, this might be my 2017 game of the year. And I'm, and I said, and I wow. commented on Facebook. I was like, dude, you are fucking lying. He was like, no, 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 really. I was like, better than Zelda. And he was like, better than, he was like, yeah, I think it's better than Zelda for me. So I was like, okay, I got, I got to check this out. Okay, so I bought it, thinking I was going to be really mad. That game is amazing. It is, I have been playing this game. I probably have, in the last five days, <laughs> I have played this game four or five days. Dang. 
It is, let's see. No, that's live. Not for, for, well, what's today? Yeah, I've played this. Yeah, I've been playing this game all week. Uh, today's Thursday. I played it. Yeah. Um, it is like the best way to describe it is like, uh, so you gotta understand it's an Ubisoft property and not a Nintendo property. So one, Mario has a gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it is like if you like XCOM at all, you will absolutely love this game. It's like Bro-bro. XCOM for kids. Hmm. It's like XCOM for kids. This game is amazing. I'm really pissed off that they made um the Peach character that you that you, you start with Rabbit Peach. <laughs> Because all the all the rabbits have been merged with other shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you start start with one of the characters you start on your team is Rabbit Peach. They made, of course, they automatically made Peach the healer. Yeah, and that made me mad. That made me mad. <laughs> but, and she doesn't even start out being able to heal. She doesn't even say you. You have to hit like I want to say it's like level. I I was at level six or seven before. So what did she I do had, before then? Just prance around and look pretty. She just she just prances around doing doing uh low damage and and she's got pretty good she's got pretty good HP though but she just prances around doing low damage and you just use and she becomes well at that point she's just like this um she's a she's a character that you really use you use her right <laughs> to do things like jump further because she can't really do much damage and she mm-hmm. can't heal yet. Um, but she has a, she has a force field, right? Or so she can constantly kind of protect herself, but she can't heal anybody else or protect anybody else. Um, so you spend the first, I spent the first five, six levels of world one, just using her to get further, to get closer to enemies because she couldn't really do shit else except for, you know, do 20 points of damage here and there. Um, and I was really pissed about that, You're right? Not because, selling this game well. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm being like, real. Yeah, best game ever, right? I'm being real. Oh, a game that objectifies women. Sign me up. I mean, but you know, you know, they were gonna do that to Peach anyway after that whole, you know, Super Princess Peach game bullshit. But so I just unlocked healing for her, um, and it is it's much more helpful. But I'm still mad that she has to be the healer. I'm still mad that she has to be the healer. And Luigi is always, as always, just garbage um, in terms of. <laughs> oh, poor Luigi. And I feel bad for Luigi. They always make Luigi, they always make him garbage, right? He mm-hmm. always comes in. He's got like 100 points less HP than everybody else. He can do pretty good damage, but I mean, shit, three hits and his ass is out. Um, so, but it's, it's, it's more useful now that Peach can heal because I just make sure that those two are always in pretty close proximity to each other. So whenever her whenever her healing hits cool down, I just use it again if he's not dead already um, <laughs> to bring his HP back up. <laughs> so, eh, you know. But other than that, other than, you know, making Peach the healer and poor Luigi as always being garbage, um, but you can always switch out to other characters because you open up more characters as the as the game progresses. So you don't really have to use them. You just have to start with them. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's it's a it's a solid fucking game. Mm. 
much more than I expected. <laughs> Your fave's gonna be problematic sometimes, Alicia. Your fave's gonna be problematic sometimes. There's always, always other games to play. That are also going to be problematic. <laughs> yeah, but I might like them more. <laughs> yeah, well, see, see that, but it depends. Like, I really liked XCOM, so this one works for me. Um, And that's what I've been streaming all week, so. My deep, dirty, dark secret mm-hmm. is that Chainsaw I don't. <laughs> no, I, just, I don't really like Mario games. It's not a Mario game. No, I mean, but the characters are there. I don't yeah. like them. Okay, so you don't I, like the characters. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Because well, uh, when you say Mario games, I think Mario platformers. Right. I don't, no, I just don't, I'm not invested in those characters at all. Like, if they all died in that game, I'd be like, well. That's the thing, though. I don't care about the characters at all. Because that, that's not what it is for me. It's not the characters in this game at all. It yeah. is the gameplay. Yeah. Okay. And the gameplay is what's rock solid in this game. Why not just um, play XCOM? Because uh, I've already played XCOM. Right. A lot. <laughs> you do you. Um, and then the other game that I've been playing is the thing that made me forget to play Destiny last night. And that is Conan Exiles. Um, I started playing Conan Exiles. This the, it's an alpha. So let me just let me just say this. It's in it's in game preview on Xbox One, right? But so it's a survival game, and it is so much fun, right? So you you play an exile, right? You've been dropped into the desert. They like fuck you, survive because you've done all these horrible things, right? You're a criminal. Um, so you have to go around. And Alicia, I know you over there poo-pooing it in your head already because you hate everything. No, man, I love the Conan movies. I ain't even gonna lie. Okay, then you know what? Conan Exiles is going to be your shit, man. Can you steal and collect a bunch of stuff? You can st- You can kill motherfuckers and steal their stuff. Oh, shit! <laughs> you can... You can steal, you can kill people and steal their stuff. You run around and you collect resources. You It's, it's got base building. Um, you is it is everything. It's like, hmm, it's like Fortnite without the zombies, but there are other exiles running around, and there are like monster slash animals that want to kill you all the time. I'm gonna say I am iffy on base building. I will do it if the rest of the game is fun, but I but I, I am all about stealing all. The when shit. I say base building, I, it means that you have to build your own space, right? You have to build your own your own house to protect yourself. But once you build a house, you don't have to keep building. Oh, Alex, I don't know what you're doing, but are you Googling this game at all right now? There is a legit naked dude. Yeah. You can okay, so like I said, it drops you in as an exile. So you can the ass either, is hanging out everywhere. Look at this, it's like three naked people. You Go ahead. Can, you can either choose to have nudity on. Or off in your game. Penis. That is a penis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can have nudity on or off in the game. (laughs) I have I have it off. So people are like, "Have you seen the dong physics?" I'm like, "No, (laughs) no, I haven't," because I didn't want to see. You haven't seen the dong physics. How can you possibly talk about a game if you don't watch the (laughs) dong? Let me tell you something. I don't want to see. I 
I am about as gay as you can get. I don't want to see penises running around in my game. <laughs> Just disembodied penises running Terrible around. game scholar. Yeah, I am a terrible mm-hmm. game scholar. This, I, I mean, I am not, I am not a skilled gamer. There is a leg. Right now there is a, a, a severed leg with a with a scrotum attached to it on my screen. <laughs> a screenshot from this game. I don't know if I can handle the truth. <laughs> well, I, guess it's a, I guess it's a lower half of a body. Yes, probably. Wow. Uh, that's, re- that's really brutal. It's okay. So let me finish telling you about the damn game. Okay. I must have some safe search on because I am seeing zero dong. <laughs> I guess it's she sounds computer. really disappointed about it too. <laughs> well, I am not super gay, so yes, I wanted to see the dong. Hang on, I'll get you in Slack. <laughs> oh my Thank god! So stop! Don't stop sending pornography in the Slack. Dong list for like minutes here. <laughs> I'm just eventually gonna search like. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Actual dong. Oh my gosh! Don't do that. <laughs> Um, It'll be funny. Tell us about the game. Oh my god! So <laughs> holy crap! Let me tell you. So Conan Exiles is a survival game. Pull you can either choose to play um, single. You can either choose to play. Why are the players. abs so carefully chiseled? <laughs> the dogs, they, yeah. Oh, say more about the game. That, so I'm not. <laughs> That isn't. Nope. So that's what I was saying. (laughs) You can either choose to play single player. um, You can either choose to play single player and just play against AI, um, or you can play on a public server. Um, And playing on public server, you're playing with. The, the, of course, well, you know what? No, you can't see it if you have it set to no nudity because it won't show you even if other people have their nudity turned on. Oh, so you okay. don't, you never have to see it. Um, so that, so that's the thing. Um, so you can be fairly safe. Um, and pretty early on, you can start making clothing for yourself. Um, the the scantily clad. See, so you get like a, you know. A, a loincloth bikini is what you're spawning. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of ladies with whole ass cheeks hanging out. Yeah, the loincloth bikini. You can either get that, um, and that is what you get when you're partially clad. Um, if you're naked as a woman, um, you don't see vagina. All you see is boobs. Uh, nope, there's full bush in these images. Is there full Samantha? bush? Oh, no, you know, not in the U.S., I don't think. Oh. I th- yeah, I don't think that's in the U.S. I think that's I think that's where in the U.S. you don't get full bush. Sorry, dar- sorry, darling, you're not getting full bush in the U.S. Um, well, I don't like that either. We should get the same yeah. equality. Else. Yeah, no, you're not getting that in the U.S. Um, that's restricted in, on U.S. servers. Um, but you can get dong. Yeah, apparently you can get dong. Well, you got the you got dong in what was that other game where you were spawned? Um. They which, wouldn't let which you one? Right. They, they wouldn't let you choose Rust. your race, and everybody Rust. was all pissed yeah. off on Steam Rust. and asking for. Well, Rust. I'm sorry, Rust. Rust. Yeah, you got you got full dong and Rust, but you didn't. But you, uh, I don't. Did you get vagina and Rust when they put women I, in? I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think you got full dong. Well, yes, you, you can see your own dong, right? Um, yes, because there was a lot of discussion uh, about the relative right, sizes. Right. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I can't remember. Uh, apparently, in the wilds of the world of Rust, they have very good razors or possibly nair. Oh, because there's no pubic hair? It seems to be no pubic hair. Oh, well. So well, you know, like Barbie, um, Barbie vulva. Nice. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> so Conan Exiles. It's like I said, it's in it's still in game preview. Um, so it's buggy as fuck. Even being buggy, and there's no achievements, right? Which you know, but uh even being buggy, that game is super fun. Um, and I, I think when it when it actually hits, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Um, so if you if you're down with buggy and you're okay with buggy. Um, and you want to give it a try, do so. If not, just wait until the full release of the game. It's going to be good. Buggy dumb. Anyway, I'm going to move on past Conan Exiles because I'm tired of you guys. We're just doing some Googling over there. We're just over here giggling. Sending like like, like, like 10-year-old kids. Um, <laughs> and I'm tired of y'all sending photography in my slack. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious though oh my god all right i'm sorry go ahead all right so it. that's what you're playing what are you reading uh alex we'll start with you again oh i'm just doing lots of class prep i have four classes a semester because two people in my content area are on sabbatical so just nut ball stuff like that nothing interesting or games related except uh like some writing for video game stuff. I've got uh, Slay the Dragon writing great video games, uh, playing with the past. How is it? It's yeah. great. Okay. So like the thing is that I'm finding with the video game writing class, uh, I don't know how to put this exactly. The, the text that I would want to pick aren't necessarily the best for the students. Mm. So this is a little simplistic. It gives um, like really good exercises at the end of the chapter and stuff like that, which is so not my jam, but it's uh, they just respond to it so well. It makes sense to them. It's clear. It has good examples. So it, I mean, it, in a perfect world, it's not, it wouldn't be what I would pick. I'd have something a lot more nuanced and whatever, but God, they love it. So I, I kept it this year. So we'll see well, how, how the students this semester do. Um, playing with the past, which is a video game history book, professional techniques for writing video games, and then a game called video game storytelling. Um, those are the only like video game ones. And then the new, uh, uh, games and culture <laughs> journal edition. Yes. Yes. We have been reading that. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So no spoilers, but that's all. Okay. Alicia, what about you, darling? What you reading? Um, well, I'm going to dovetail on what Alex was saying there. The reason why I asked about the uh, the game text is I was looking at that because there's a real lack of, of good texts on talking about video game writing. I think possibly because we have a real lack of text of game scripts. Like, we don't have access to it. Um, I right. tried last year and the year before. You know, to contact studios, but there's such a maze of NDAs or the way that they've just got notes laying around. It's just not really possible. Um, but I was talking to somebody in our department about, I mentioned this on the last podcast, that I've been playing these uh, these text-based social deception games. Do you know, here's the interesting thing about this community. Every time a game finishes, 
the creator releases all of the design materials. Mm -hmm. So you get everything. You get all of the breakdown of like the roles and the powers and the actions that were taken during the game. You get all of the calculations that went into making sure the game was balanced. You get all of the flavor text that was written. You get everything. So we have all this data from every game that's ever been played in this community. It's really fascinating because it's so different. Because it's, you know, casual. It's so different from regular games. My husband just turned on Fortnite. I can hear it through the wall. <laughs> um, so it's really nice to go through and look at the way that, that these texts are constructed, considering that we have not as much information. But I've been toying with the idea of doing a project on this community, and so I've been reading um, former podcast guest, friend of everyone, uh, Cody Reimer's chapter in the New Rhetoric and Experience Architecture. He wrote about, yeah, he wrote about uh, League of Legends uh, and, you know, these, these concepts of, of places, right, that we go. Mm -hmm. and how we enact and create places in games. And I've been thinking about this, uh, this mafia community and how we create so much material. And we've created, like, different languages that we use. Like, I don't know, it's just really, it's really complicated. But his chapter in this new book is really helping me think about how I can conceptualize that, even though it's totally different games. Oh, and I've also been reading... Um, Rereading, I've read it before. Jamie Madigan's Getting Gamers, but I read it like during prelims. And mm. I don't call that reading. <laughs> like you sort of put your hand on a book and hope that you absorb something from it and then you move on to like 16 more. So this is like a, a psychology of gamers and gaming. And I don't know, like I like it, but I think I like it because it links to so many other texts that I've read. Mm hmm. So it's like, it's it's part of a web, but I'm not sure what this book is really bringing to me that's new. Somebody else might really appreciate it. I don't not recommend the book. I, I just, I think, wanted more out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Understandable. All right. It is, especially with that book. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Um, I've been reading a lot of stuff for class um, because, you know, I'm teaching a, the a games and world building class uh, again this semester. Um, but I'm not really going to talk about that. Um, and I've been <laughs> reading, uh, also reading the the latest issue of Games and Culture. Yes. Um, wow. Go figure. It's an inquisitive. We've all been reading the latest issue hmm. of Games and Culture. Yeah. Um, it's like we have a theme. It's almost, mm -hmm. almost like we have a theme. Oh, you know what else I've been, I've been reading? Um, that's a, that's a lie. I have been reading something else. Um, it's something that I've been trying to read, not trying because there's something wrong with it, but trying because um, I've been trying to read it in bed. And by the time I fall into bed lately, I am so blasted tired that I just kind of fall asleep. Um, is uh, Hosting Whitehead's uh, The Underground Railroad. Mm -hmm. I started reading that book and, and I'm still reading it. I haven't finished it yet. But that book, have you read that, Alicia? I haven't, but I've read uh, some of his other work and I really like his writing. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Um, so I've been reading that, and I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna try really hard to finish it by the next podcast, so I can tell you all about it. Um, and spoil all the things for you. So you um, you are really getting revenge for these messages I'm sending in the Slack, aren't you? I, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna do horrible things. I'm gonna to I'm gonna regret this. Yes, you are. Um I also um have been reading um and and I'm gonna because Trey Andrea said she was coming back. Um I've been because I'm I've been reading uh the new edited collection. Uh, gaming representation um, that's edited by uh, Trey Andrea Restworm, who was on the show, uh, who's on the show a while back. Probably, oh gosh, it's been a while. The time has just flown. It's probably been about four or five months since Trey Andrea was on yeah, the show. I think so, yeah. Um, but she said she was going to come back and talk when this new book came out. Uh, gaming representation is an edited collection that she did with um, Jennifer Malkowski. Mal, yeah, Malkowski. I'm trying to pronounce it, but it's gaming representation, race, gender, and sexuality in video games. <laughs> um, so, and um, uh, I'm rereading it, or reading it, and rereading some of the chapters because I'm also using it in my um, games and world building class. Because you know what, diversity and representation of people is important in fucking world building. I'm sorry, yes, it really is. It's not just about environments and all that other stuff people want to think it's about. So we're going to talk about that shit whether they want Culture to Culture is destroying game studies. Okay? <laughs> Keep that shit out of my game studies. <laughs> Keep that shit out of my game studies. So We need to study yeah, things like world building and mechanics and visuals and storytelling, which have nothing. I certainly do just don't bring in culture. any gender. No. Or sexuality. Or race. God, no, not that. None of that. Not, uh, none of that. You guys are just making our I, discipline I just want, multi instead of trans. Or... I want animated squares bouncing across the game based on a rule system. And those animated squares can represent anything and it will be just the same as putting a raced gendered uh, body in the space of it. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what we all believe. Also keep your politics out of my video. Yeah. Because it's a politics-free zone. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm reading that. I'm reading the the Whitehead book and the uh, latest issue of, of Games and Culture. So that's what I'm reading. Yay! Okay, here's the fun part. Drinking! Alex, what you drinking? I've got this new uh, drink. That's my new jam. It is, well, first of all, I have that near tenure money, so it is... Kettle One Vodka. Thank you very much. Oh, shit. I mean, if I'm not going to spend money on myself, who is, right? So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so decent vodka, water, and then you put the squeezy bottle of Crystal Light. Squeeze that squeeze that in there. That's my new drink. Ooh, I thought I was going to be basic, but Alex got me beat. Vodka and water with a little squeezy of Crystal Light. Yeah. <clears throat> so, in other words, vodka and Kool-Aid is what you're drinking. I mean, <clears throat> I like it. <laughs> But it makes me feel better about what I'm about to to break down. <laughs> okay. Here. Well, go ahead. All right. I'm so all, y'all. I'm ahead. also drinking vodka, but I'm drinking grapefruit vodka, as you do. And it's still summertime, officially. Mm-hmm. With LaCroix and a splash of lime. Oh, my God. So that's, that sounds delicious, first it's, of all. Second of all, I had really a discussion good. with somebody today. Um, apparently, LaCroix 
because people in Minnesota are obsessed with LaCroix. And she said it was like a Minnesota thing. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't think no, so. it's, it's, a, it's a basic white person thing. No, I mean, it, no, it, it comes from Minnesota. <laughs> it comes from Minnesota. But do people elsewhere love it? Like we have yes. people to the store and yes. it's like 50,000 flavors. Okay, can I just whole. tell you a story? Okay, she'll be so excited that I mentioned her on the podcast. So my friend Katie, who I interviewed about her play her story, her playing her story. It's on the blog somewhere. Mm-hmm. She won a contest last year and she won a year's supply of LaCroix. She was so <laughs> excited that when it was delivered, she had it shaped into a throne and she posed atop it. Oh, this yes. is a lie. No, she lives in Pennsylvania. I will send you the picture. I saw the picture. I saw the picture. Yes. She's great, by the way. I love her. Katie, I love you. <laughs> um, but yes, like a throne. Yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely saw the picture. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, you drink. God, what is wrong with y'all? Vodka and Kool Aid, vodka and and Lacroix. Um, I'm drinking bourbon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we win. <laughs> I am drinking. But my taste buds are pretty happy, so whatever. Whatever. Um, I'm drinking bourbon, and I, I'm mad because um, the the the. Stores where you can get decent bourbons in town are liquor stores. You can't really get like decent bourbon at like Target or, you know, any of the store stores. But you also can't take a kid into a liquor store in Indiana. Yep. So I was on the last of my bottle of bourbon. I was like, I can get two small drinks out of this. Out of what's left in this bottle. And I was mad because I literally could not go to the store and get more and get more bourbon. Um, because I couldn't just like take my kid in and I'm not gonna see because you know what? The if I was like, I'm never gonna leave my kid in the car by herself, and I'm definitely not gonna leave my kid in the car by herself in front of a liquor store, because that would be the <laughs> moment that somebody would call the police for a child sitting unattended in a car in front of a liquor store, and I'd be all over the fucking news. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. so I am stuck, I'm stuck with uh I'm stuck with what I have for bourbon. Um it's it is uh, the last of a bottle of uh, Old Bardstown, is what it is, and mm. it was absolutely delicious. Mm. Mm. Good for so, you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have to find more bourbon. It's not quite bourbon weather for me yet. It's always it's bourbon always weather. bourbon weather. Yeah. <laughs> it's always bourbon weather. I had some incredible Manhattan's when I was up in Toronto last weekend. Oh my oh. god. Some serious mythology happening in that town. I will enjoy a good Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever had a Manhattan. Oh, well, you should change that. Well, yes, you know you what? Should. No, I'm not, this is. We had bourbon drinks last time we were at Digby's. You and I. Yes, we did. Um, because we were celebrating. Yes, we were. <laughs> so we had some good. We had we have, but I don't generally. Like to mix my bourbon with a lot of stuff. If but that's I mix, the whole point of a Manhattan. It's extremely bourbon forward. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's mostly bourbon and there's just like a little couple of little pops in there to, to really wake up your taste buds. I like a Manhattan and I like an old fashioned. If I mix anything with my bourbon, it's going to be like a splash of sour mix. I prefer a bit of ginger than sour for that. I really do. Do you? 
I do. See, I don't. I, I like don't think sweet. I use. I don't think I use ginger ale. Uh, or ginger ginger ale or ginger beer enough in drinks because uh, I never have it in the house because I try not to have soda in the house for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never have regular soda in the house. It's always diet if I do have any. So I'm, I'm, I don't like mixing diet soda mm-hmm. with alcohol. It tastes funny. Um, and that's probably why. But then if, see if I, I but I also at the same time, I don't want to start drinking like ginger, like ginger ale with alcohol because then I'll just start drinking a bunch of regular soda because I'm drinking I'm not that I'm drinking alcohol all the time that sounded horrible <laughs> um never mind I'm gonna shut that's up actually that's the reason I'm here today <laughs> that's yeah, it's just because we care about you if you if I'm at an intervention you know you have a fucking problem <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> listen it's gotten that bad I know <laughs> Like, oh my God, you're right. I never thought I had a problem, but if Alex is here saying it, it I must have a problem. Uh, but that's that's the reason I haven't tried that uh, bourbon, pineapple juice, and and ginger ale drink yet. That you were drinking, Alicia. That, that shit is good. That sounds delicious. You well, know, I heard this recipe for. Do you guys drink gin? I yeah, hate sometimes. gin. Sometimes I would drink, I hate gin. I would drink gin. gin with the so, fire of a thousand suns. Well, I love gin. So I heard this recipe for a gin and tonic today that apparently like blows your mind. So I'm going to get some gin this weekend. So you got to have a, a good gin, right? And you do a tonic, but it has to have that quinine in it, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then you steep a mint tea bag in it for like a minute or two, or like a minute uh, to get like the mint taste in there and then put in a slice of cucumber. Oh, I see. You just ruined it for me. With the cucumber? Yeah, to me, cucumber's so overpowering. I it can be. It. Yeah, I don't like it, cucumber either, but... You had me, but it's good? It's still, I don't know, I mean, I, but apparently it is, like, the best drink. So a friend of mine uh, traveled to, like, 12 different countries all over the uh, world This uh, over her sabbatical, and she said that was the best drink that she had. It was in Helsinki. Ooh. Yeah, so she had drinks, food, everything everywhere, and that was that was her favorite drink. All right. Yep. Hmm. That's interesting. I um. Yeah, if it wasn't gin, I wonder what it would taste like. Well, I guess it's probably the uh, the juniper in the gin that that mixes mm-hmm. with the mint yep. and the cucumber, so it wouldn't taste the same with anything else. Yeah, I just it tastes like chewing on pine leaves. I, no matter. Sure people, does. See, and that's why I can't drink it. Everybody's like, well, if you get a really good gin. No, I've had really good <laughs> gin. I, the, everybody swears it's like, that, that shit is still It's just, one of those things, though. If you don't like gin, you don't like gin. Yeah, it's just unpalatable to me. I mean, mm-hmm. there's shit that I drink that I'm sure is just and That's fine. You don't have to like everything. No, I don't have to like all the alcohol. And, and, and gin is one of those things that even if ain't nothing else to drink, I won't drink it. I mean, you're <laughs> practically abandoning your kid in the parking lot of... <laughs> liquor stores already so maybe we don't need to introduce a new drink to you (laughs) i mean call it like it is alex lane that's what they say right right (laughs) you know there was a mcdonald's next door but it didn't have a play place because i was like damn it was a play place i could drop her off and pretend she was somebody else's kid and run over to the liquor store Like my kid would let me leave her anywhere. She'd be like, no. Nope. I was supposed to be the bad kid. Alex done passed me by. <laughs> That's because I'm I, I got that tenure money right in my sights. 
Mm-hmm. And money corrupts people, you know? Get that money. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, you heathens. <laughs> I'm going to look up all the salaries of all the untenured or the newly tenured male professors, and I'm not going to take one dime less than what they take. Fuck yes. Yeah. That's what I did when I got this job, and that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to. I'm going to send you more pictures of Conan Exile's dong to spur you on. That'll give me like, some boost of confidence. <laughs> you can just go in there and be like, dongs. see this? <laughs> more money. Mm-hmm. Oh, my drink's empty. Ruh, roll. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> so now that we've had the way you play, what you're eating, what you're drinking, we get to our issue of the week. And our issue of the week is an issue. Um, it is. It is. I'm going to walk out of the room and pour myself a drink, but I can still hear you guys. So I'll be here. Okay. Okay. So all three of us, um, this was Alicia's idea. So I'm going to tell, let Alicia tell you what we, what she made. Thanks a lot, Alicia. You're welcome. I'm here to help. So, uh, the new issue of the academic journal games and culture just came out the September issue, September, 2017. Uh, and the theme for this issue was reflecting and evaluating game studies. So I thought, what a great topic. We can read these articles, we can read the uh, the introduction, um, and we can discuss this on the podcast because you know what we do? Game studies, look at that. We have like uh, an in. But also because one of the things that we do is critique game studies, which can be positive and can be critical. Um, so I wanted to see what was happening in these articles and how game studies was being reflected as a field at this particular historical moment. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're here to do tonight. There are five. So we all articles. rolled in on fluffy clouds and rainbows, and it was just <laughs> amazing. It rained gold pieces. It was freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> there were five articles. Um, all of them were written by men. Mm-hmm. Except for cool. one yes. that deigned to allow a woman as third author. Thank you, <laughs> Games and Culture. Um, <laughs> and I think that was the point at which I started messaging everybody, maybe we should read this issue. Um, so I'm a pretty dedicated reader of Games and Culture. I like Games and Culture. It's one of my favorite journals. But uh, whew, this issue is a time. Yeah, it, it was. It was. That's the way to. That's the way to put it. It was a time. Yep. It was time. So, yes, as Alicia said, there are five issues. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull this up. Right. Go away. I got all these screens open on my computer. So, the five issue, the five, uh, Article. uh, five articles, right? So, of course, there is the uh, editor's article, Need for Perspective, Introducing the Special Issue, Reflecting and Evaluating Game Studies. There is the Game Definition Game, a review. Uh, the Pyrrhic Victory of Game Studies, Assessing the Past, Present, and Future of Interdisciplinary Game Research, um, How to Present the History of Digital Games, Enthusiast, Emancipatory, Genealogical, and Pathological Approaches. Uh, the next one was What We Know About Games, A Scientometric Approach to Game Studies in the 2000s. Um, what is it like to be a player? The Qualia Revolution in Game Studies. And my absolute favorite, unserious. So, (laughs) 
Yeah, I think we all probably had our favorites, as in not our favorites. <laughs> sure did. I, I had a favorite. I did have a favorite. You did? You had a favorite? Okay. I did. What was your uh, favorite? I really liked the first piece in the issue, which was simply a collection of some, it's called the, 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 it's the game definition, definition game. game. Yeah. Uh, 60 definitions plus of the word game. Mm-hmm. Which for me, as I've been collecting definitions of game already, was like the greatest thing ever. I literally fell asleep while you were just talking. I'm oh. so sorry. I know it's literally it's one of the nerdiest things. But considering that I wanted to slit my own throat. I know. While I was this article. But it, I, I, no, I understand. We're though because I really understand like that it's good. And but, yeah, but here's oh. where I am right now. Okay, not only though am I using Alex's procedural ethics, but for my prospectus right now, I made myself a list of some of the things that I need, and one of them is like 10 plus definitions of avatar. So I love definitions. I also hate definitions because there are boundaries that they enact and there's gatekeeping inherent in that. Yep. Having like this, this dictionary of just the word game was to me the greatest thing. Like, oh. Yeah, I'm glad you like that one. I'm not very much fun at parties. No, you're not. Shut yes, up. Yes, you are. Especially <laughs> when you get drinky. I was going to say, anyone's fun at parties. They have <laughs> enough alcohol on board. <sighs> but I will probably talk your ear off about the problems and, and wonderful things about defining a word game. I thought the player, if we're talking about ones we actually liked, um, the only one that I had an affinity towards was the what it's like to be a player. Um. But like the the point was so simple that it needed like a paragraph, first of all, not an article. And then they just like messed it up with the rest of the article. Yeah, I do really feel like so that like the one point is like looking at player analysis. Like you're right. Like that is a gap in um a lot of game studies. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like that is a fascinating point. Interesting. I don't know if you need a whole article on it. And then they just like mucked it up the rest of the time. No, I Um, think you you can have a whole article on it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, please. No, I think you can have a whole article on the need for a shift toward player analysis. Right. I think you can have an entire article on the need um, for a shift toward player analysis. If you talk about why we need to make that shift toward player analysis. And we look at what an absence of player analysis does in other modes of game studies, right? Yep. But when you stop kind of mid claim that we need to make a shift toward player analysis to shift back and try to firmly reroute yourself in the good old boy game studies network by saying, but we don't have to give up on object oriented ontology to do this. Then you're like, we need to pay attention to player analysis, but you know, Laura Croft as a female bodied character of a certain size, proportion, age, race, gender, is the who is same, sometimes guided by a man. Who sometimes guided in, by a man and, yeah. is the same as having a little pixelated block in your game. Then you totally derail your entire argument mm-hmm. because you're saying at the same time that bodies and culture and race and gender matter, 
and then saying but only a little, but only a little, and only in the player and not in the game because players and players in the game have have no real connection, right? And I think that was the biggest problem that I had with all of these articles is that they all seemed to be totally and completely disconnected from actual players of games because I kept thinking do these people even play games <laughs> wow that was like the dude bro thing you ever said no 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 I don't mean are they gamers I'm no it was just like the way you said it was funny I'm sorry oh okay do you even lift bro do you even lift bro <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the on that same note like the thing that drove me nuts about this is like each each of these articles not that's not true some of the articles have have merit in their own way but don't put together a special issue of one of the few dedicated game studies journals that we have and say that this is the definitive reflection on where we are today in game studies mm-hmm. and have these be the articles like where we've been and where we're going none of these articles hold sway at all and like some of them are interesting and they make interesting points but this is not our legacy and game studies. This is not where we are. This is not where we've been. All of these are so off the mark. It is embarrassing for the journal. I, uh, I was, you know what? I debated with myself about what I wanted to say about it, but now everything I wanted to say sounds better. I, I agree with you. And I'm going to say this too. Um, reading the introduction, when I first cracked open this issue, mm-hmm. I kept waiting Right. It said that these were conceived in early 2014. There was like a, a symposium in Finland. Great. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm waiting for it. <laughs> because, Excuse me. Oh, my God. My allergies are terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> there is something that has happened in gaming since early 2014. So I'm reading the introduction and I'm waiting for it. So that's when it was started. Okay, what's happened since then? And it's not there and it's not there and it's not there. And I'm going to say not only is it embarrassing that these are the articles that are supposed to represent where we are right now in game studies, it is goddamn irresponsible. Yeah, it is irresponsible. It's bad scholarship not to talk about Gamergate up front in the fucking introduction to this journal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Irresponsible and unethical. It's a much better way to phrase it because – this is a flagship journal, supposedly. And About one of the articles culture. literally complaining that we don't have enough people publishing in flagship journals. They're off publishing in their own little areas. Well, maybe it's because our journals are publishing irresponsible scholarship. And they're like, mm, I'm stepping back. Because if this is the crap we're publishing about what our field is and what it does, yeah, then I don't, I mean, I'm going to publish in rhetoric journals too, instead of these journals. Because it is awful. I would like to be in these journals. And now, of course, I will never be in games and culture. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm still going to send them stuff. I, because I, I, I want us to do better. And there was a, there's a, a combination. There are several combinations of the articles. If you look at them as like overlapping Venn diagrams, they get extra interesting. For I instance, made a word all, by the way, of every uh, article in. <laughs> did in, you? I, I copy and pasted the full text of all of them. You that has to be our header image. I was like, you have to send that to all me. Right, I'll send it. I'll send it to you right now. I have it saved. So okay, the the final article in the issue is is unserious um, by Bart. That's the one that made me want to set my computer on fire. I oh hate my God, highlighted. That didn't irritate me nearly as much as another one. But you go. 
Um, I hate highlighted that one a bit. Um, but this is what I thought was funny. Okay, so, and not like funny, funny, but like funny. Um, it's about like how we as uh, as game scholars need to need to kind of recalibrate our thinking about games, and um, you know, not take things so seriously because gamers don't take things seriously. Like that's a really bullshit assumption, but whatever. But the article right before that is this really interesting corpus analysis of work that was done in two journals and then also at the Degra conference. And it revealed that the game that we had written most about in the period that they studied was freaking World of Warcraft. And the, you know what the reason why? We, we all know this. The reason why everybody wrote about World of Warcraft is because everybody was putting like 30 plus hours a week in a World of Warcraft and you had, and you to, had to justify that, that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so we were just playing and it was like, oh God, I have been raiding for three days straight. I have to turn it into an article. How more unserious can you get, right? Right. Or, so here's a question. How more unserious or how serious can you get? See, yeah. that was my problem with this article. Yeah. Right? Is that, you know, there's the claim that all of this is unserious, right? But that's some subjective shit. Oh, shit. Right, because... Motherfuckers out there getting death threats is serious. But okay, go well, ahead. Yes, one, motherfuckers out there getting death threats. That's serious. But also, people, the folks that I know that play games are serious about their gameplay. And to say that their gameplay is unserious, I think is pretty irresponsible and downright fucking insulting. We had a schedule of playtime to get that damn Grillmaster skin. <laughs> like we would hand off the controller like we were doing Olympic racing. My theory crafting with Right, there's people who theory craft, people who yeah. max. That okay, is so serious work. So I wrote, so in each of the articles, I highlighted the the part where I was like, flip the fucking table, light the shit on fire. And let me read you the one from Unserious that stood out to me. So in our study, the same one. Go ahead, I'm sorry. In our study, the boys had used their game as a kind of veil to help deflate the possibility of injurious judgments to Ryan themselves that what they were saying was in the context of play and therefore Unserious. Here we go. Only through the mutual recognition of unseriousness of their action could the boys feel free to speak. Yet this condition of unseriousness, uh, unserious social sociality was a fragile thing and seriousness always threatened and often succeeded in shutting them down. So this is the crux of his argument, the veiled true meaning to me, which came out through this part, this is on 616, is that we need to stop taking ourselves so seriously so that we can say irresponsible things again and be free of judgment. Yeah, And that yeah. I think is what he is trying to to do whether he's yeah. cognizant of it or not. I, I don't know. Um, but I think that's what he's trying to do by, Hey, don't be so serious about this. Don't be so whatever. It doesn't need to be well uh, so that, so that the men, the boys can feel mm -hmm. free to mm -hmm. make statements without the yeah. worry about, of judgment and accountability. The rest of us just need to lighten up, man. I think right. that, I think that's what that article is, is the re the, you vaginas need to just lighten up. And because I, I want to be able to say what I want to say, because all of this is really unserious. And 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 the do bros that are saying shit and doing shit and making threats, because this is they're not taking any of this seriously, because this isn't a serious thing for them. And also the thing that, like, like I said, this article made me want to set my computer on fire. And <laughs> if we're going to talk about the the part that it came from me even before then it came from me actually on page one, but I'm not going to talk about that because <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to be judgmental. I was like, well, maybe let me keep going. 
But <laughs> the thing that made me say to myself that some of these folks are just totally and completely clueless, right? Is that uh, before that part, where is it? Here it is. I, I got it on my phone, right? So it says, uh, it is not an absolute, but uh, it is not the absolute, but relative purpose, a purposelessness of play that matters from a cultural standpoint. The crucial point lies in the potential that there is an activity we can do, which from our point of view is not serious or which is at least less serious than any of the other activities. Got to move a little thing. Activities blah, that we have, that we have to contend with. Um, okay. There is no, and then blah, 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 blah. There is no play impulse in humankind. There is only the practical deployment of the idea of play to justify unserious activity in a world overdetermined by the imperative of work. There, wait, wait, wait. There is no play impulse in humankind. Yeah, has right? this has this person ever met, had, seen, interacted with a ch child? I mean, even a fucking sort? puppy has a play impulse, right? I mean, but, this is Huizinga 101. I mean, but children, I mean, because he's talking specifically about humankind. Yeah. yeah. Humans learn through play. You learn everything through play, right? Even from the very beginning, we learn how to grasp, how to hold, how to manipulate things through play. We learn to speak through play, right? That whole thing that whole thing, I mean, babies blow raspberries. Babies make all kinds of little sounds. Babies are doing this because they're playing, but they're also preparing themselves to learn to speak, yeah. right? I mean, when we talk about culture and when we talk about, we talk about life and roles and social aspects of life, children learn through play, through role playing. But he want to sit there and say there is no play impulse in humankind. And I, I think if you if you wanted to, you could, I suppose. Nope. Hang on. I'm I'm a devil's advocate for a second. I don't believe this. You could construct an argument predicated on the on the notion that we have defined those things as play and that's our framework and we could re we could reset that framework. But he's not doing that. He's just saying, Nope, there's no there's no play impulse. I'm like, what uh, According to what? Hmm. Yeah, like, wh but where are you getting this? Like, why? Why is this your notion? And why is this is piece of your article? And where the fuck does it come from? Because it, if we're talking about reflecting and evaluating game studies, mm -hmm. that's not the heart of game studies. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nope. That should make me want to set shit on fire. Nope. I I'm will not, say. I'm that not, nope. The, on the first page of this one is where I said, uh-uh. Yeah, I that's what I said. That's the abstract. <laughs> okay, so I told you I was the same way. I, I, I actually put a note on the very first page. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it too was in the abstract. It was starting with the idea that most players take their games much less seriously than game scholars. I got yes. up from my desk and I said, I got to take a break. Yep, that was exactly <laughs> That was the exact same part. And I was like, that is bullshit. I think most game players take their games much more seriously than game scholars do. Because 
these are folks who are playing for their enjoyment. They are playing for their socialization. They are playing for all of these other reasons that folks like this are not playing for. They're, they're not playing for those reasons. They're playing to play it as a social artifact or a cultural artifact and not playing. And because, so it's because it's not academic, it's not serious. Yeah. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. I found that shit insulting because you know what? Yes, I'm a game study scholar, but you know what? I have been playing games for 40 years. I am a fucking gamer too. And I am insulted by that bullshit. And I'm insulted for my friends who play games. Mm -hmm. I'm mad. And I was going to say, if I had set my computer on fire, then Alicia, you would have owed me a computer because that shit was your fault for making me read this. Uh, Thanks for ruining the last two days of my life. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think it's important that we engage these articles. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, can we move on to my favorite one to hate? Yes, yes please. Pyrrhic victory of game studies. <laughs> did you guys read that one? Or did you peruse it? Yes, uh, yes. I did them all. Uh, this is one of the worst articles I've ever read in my life. I was like sitting at a coffee shop with my friend and I kept just throwing it down and getting up and walking away. Uh, it is it is disgusting and embarrassing. Uh, basically, the argument is uh, people who do cultural studies in games have ruined game studies because it's no longer interdisciplinary. It is multidisciplinary, which is far far worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've everybody else is too afraid to publish anything about game studies. That's interesting uh, because the cultural studies folks have. Oh, I literally wrote in the margins. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> Um, we were all up in our feelings. Well, still telling us that that cultural cultural studies and games is valid if that's where we want to go with our future. But then, really, not saying that at all. Valid, uh, I guess. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find my quote that I was going to read here. I have so many points. Oh, here we go. Here's all the assumptions that this article makes that are erroneous. Uh, that game studies is stagnant. <laughs> He assumes the game studies is stagnant right now and it's not growing anymore. Well, it is maybe just not in the direction that your tiny uh, brain wants it to go. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's moving away from the, from, from the white dude perspective. Well, and, and one of them said uh, that they pick, that we pick the easy victims, which is the Western white male. Was that this article? Yeah, I think that was it. Mm, might have been, I don't know, I don't remember. They all, blur, it, they all blur together. I think it was the how to present the history of digital games, yeah. enthusiast, emancipatory, genealogical, etc. Yeah, I think yeah, that, regardless, that was that all, one. They're all two pros. Um, yeah. And he says, you know, we need to use all six of these approaches to computer games. One, philosophical, formal definitions in history of computer games. Two, design. Three, reception. Uh, four, aesthetics. Five, cultural. And six, social. Okay, all of those are cultural. Like, what do you think design is if it's not culturally bound and culturally biased and cultural? Programming. It is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Programming has nothing to do with humans. Don't forget that. So programming, like, (laughs) science just naturally happens to make huge breasted ladies in tiny outfits. 
has nothing it's to totally do with natural culture. alex also it's it's natural that, okay so anyway that's number one uh number two so one game studies is stagnant number two culture is not a part of those things okay three publishing in our own journals okay so he keeps saying we're not people from different disciplines aren't publishing in our own journals and this is the big problem and it's because game studies has been taken away by cultural theorists taken over by cultural theorists that is first of all ridiculous second of all maybe it's that people are looking at our shitty ass journals and being like mm, i can do better you know like i've tried to publish in game studies before and they've been like this belongs in a feminism journal is what they said to me so maybe like that's convenient that also, we're founding one game studies lately they're not exactly the freaking bastion of publishing cultural pieces anyway and the fourth one is that success uh, oh, that the, that game studies will meet success, his definition of success, when it mimics HCI or commu uh, communication studies. Also, last time I checked, communication studies isn't exactly thriving. So I don't know if that's the <laughs> thing that we should be trying to reach. So anyway, inflammatory, embarrassing, uh, just ridiculous. I hope I never meet this person, but I don't think I'm ever going to go to Finland, so I think I should be fine. I was a little... Mm, let's just go ahead and say salty over yeah. um, the use of, of clash of rhetorics in this. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, sir, I may yet only be a PhD student. <laughs> if you're going to talk about how we're encroaching in your space, get the fuck out of mine. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I got salty. It's, it's interesting because you like I said, this is this is a, a special issue, right? Yes. Um, and this, the editors have apparently all gotten like-minded folks together to, to tell our shared history. They right. Well, that's five they're right. And we're wrong. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm no, they're you. right. And we're wrong. Five, five, five people, okay. um, or five, five, six, seven. Right. Because yeah, was, was there only yeah. one of one co I can't remember one co-authored one, um, and only one of them apparently, right by names and by pronoun usage. Because I went through and looked at pronoun usage too. Because yeah. there's a little yeah, I I added all of this to my ongoing research project. Only one being uh, female. Um. To tell us to tell the complete story. Two people named Jacko, but you can only get one lady. Okay, <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. I'm sorry. You can find two Jackos in this world. I don't know if that's how this name is pronounced, but that's quite funny. I didn't even. I, didn't that. I sure yeah. did notice it. I, I noticed that too. I noticed it, but I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't make that comparison. You there is fifty percent or one hundred and fifty percent more Jackos. That published in journal than women. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Ooh, I've had a lot of vodka at this point in the podcast, you guys. Because no, yeah. I noticed it too. Because I was like, "Wait, how did Jacko get two articles in this?" And then I was like, "No, those are two different Jackos." I would like to apologize to all of the Jackos of the world because we are probably butchering the shit out of your name. But the point still stands that y'all are up in this way more than but we I are. Think, I don't think it would be fair if we did a special issue of games and culture, which 
should be speak for you know all people who do games and culture where me i wrote an article you wrote an article sam wrote an article like i don't think that and then we just consisted of the journal and we said this is the history of game studies and we did i don't think that would be entirely fair well, either we only found the four black women who write about games and only publish them and this is like this is our history no if they have framed this differently like here's a special issue of interesting topics that came out of our male seminar like fine but <laughs> out of our male seminar <laughs> it's not wait is that how the word seminar came about oh that is how the word semen came oh about. no it was very seminal that seminar <laughs> seminal indeed um I'm yeah sorry, sam no it's it's china we're awful to dogs and semen just everything sam hates um <laughs> sam is like the radical feminist I wasn't apologizing for my use of the word seminal because that is accurate, <laughs> but I was apologizing that I cut her off. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just going to keep on cutting her off. She can sit for a second. She okay. she got the tenure money. Um, I, I think that is such a good point. Like these people are not representative of the whole. Yes. And I'm, I, I do, I feel like insulted that this is games and culture. If this was game studies, I'd be like, okay, that's as to be expected. Classic, classic game I'd studies. Like, sure. It's game studies. But this is games and culture. And they're literally saying, like, we can't do cultural studies. Cultural studies ruins everything. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? Right. Oh, and even God. the fact that, you know, all of the articles came from Finland, the UK, and Canada. And one mm -hmm. from France. The one, one of the authors was from France. There was one, one from Canada? Canada? Bart yeah. Simons at Concordia. Yeah. I am really disappointed in you. Um, and I think that that was interesting, right? It was like, where... So there's no, there's no North American perspective. I'm sorry, U.S. perspective, because right. ca Canadians like to say they're North American. They are, um, <laughs> but there's no. I know I'm I'm horrible. In um, bear. Wow. <laughs> there's Burned. also irresponsible scholarship. Burn our neighbors to the north. <laughs> I said they are, <laughs> but that's like it was, how it that was very limited regionally as well. Right, and that that regional limitation brings about a cultural limitation as well, because we have to admit and have to admit that that our culture is very much tied to where we are geographically, because there is a certain mindset mm -hmm. that exists because of what is going on in the world around us, and to and that makes it even more problematic to say here's what game studies is and has been historically writ large based on what these folks um, outside of the U.S. male-bodied for the, for the most part, except for that third author and that one piece, right, have well, to say. And that's the other thing. Okay, so the Corpus article, the scientometric um, approach to game studies. Okay, yeah. this is what's interesting. If we look at the issue as a whole, that was the one you didn't hate? That's the, I, I, that's the one I didn't read. Oh. I didn't get uh, to it. I, uh, I I have a lot of friends who are doing corpus research, so I, I was into this one. Um, it breaks down by region mm -hmm. and by country where, or like mostly by region, where the articles in the seminal publications in game studies are coming from. Mm -hmm. And it's like Europe and the United States are the primary sources. There's plenty of other representation. We've got uh, articles, and they just say Asia, which is like, okay. Um, right. Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Europe, co-authors from, from different areas together, United Kingdom, 
and the United States. But the United States and Europe make up a huge part of. But they also break down by department that the author is in. Mm-hmm. And that's not reflected in this issue either. No. So it's in the data, in the in the journal, in the whole issue, but it's not reflected in the author. So again, the work that they published undermined the work that they published. It just blows my mind that nobody <laughs> made these connections. Right. This is very true. And I'm like, you know, I know I'm I'm a rhetoric scholar, but like, y'all, I am about some data. Like, give me some numbers, and I am in heaven. And so I'm sitting here, I'm looking at these numbers, and then I'm looking at, you know, the the two Jacko problem, and like, the two Jacko, the two problem. Jacko problem. That's a great. <laughs> I love it. These guys hate us it. right now. Like, where where is the the education angle on this? Where is the angle on? He said the word gamification once. Oh, yeah. I mean, he said Gamergate like three times, but he was literally just throwing bones so nobody would, would get mad at him. Yeah. That was Barta. He was, he was, he was, he said Gamergate, but then he at the same said time. Him like once, so. Well, wait, wait, wait. He said Gamergate like three times, right? He said Gamergate like three times, but at the same time, everything else in his article tried to excuse the behavior of Gamergaters. Yeah. Hmm. Which was infuriating, right? Oh, so it goes back to that boys will be boys. It's all just play. It's not serious kind of thing, right? So, I mean, and and then that that notion of unseriousness, right? Because at, at one point I wrote, I wrote in the margins of, of that piece, I was like, so in other words, this dude is just mad because nobody takes his, nobody takes his work seriously. So it's all unserious, mm. right? And I'm yeah. like, um, how about you do better? And maybe somebody will take your, your work seriously. How about you don't dismiss an entire population that you are meant to study, right? So here's where we get into like stuff like, here, here, here's the notion, folks, feminist research methodologies, where you pay attention to the communities that you study. Also right? known as ethical research standards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, this too, right? Like, honestly. I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, right? So, I mean, but... Instead of just trying to throw them under the bus by saying, I mean, basically it feels like you're saying gamers are too stupid to understand that games is a serious thing. But I understand, but because they're so stupid and they don't understand that games are a serious thing, other people think games are a serious thing, so they don't take my work seriously either. And I'm mad about it because you know what? I'm a white dude and you need to respect my shit. It's what that feels like. It certainly does feel like that, probably because it is. I don't know. This article, I mean, this article, this issue was garbage, garbage, and hot garbage, and I'm mad. I'm mad. This podcast episode has gone some places. Uh, I'm not mad. I mean, I'm I'm mad about the issue. I'm I'm mad about the way it was constructed. I'm mad about the scholarship. I'm mad about my field right now. But I already was. That's like my whole dissertation. Um, this isn't representative of our field, though. It's not. It's not. Actually, it makes me feel a little better about our field because if people are writing this stuff in reaction, we must be making some headway. Mm. Let's hope. <laughs> Although, oh my God, wait, I forgot about my favorite line in all of the articles that I read. Oh my God, where am I? Hold on, hold on. Well, while you look, okay, the numbers are there to support what Alex is saying. Like, we're seeing, you know, 
these these percentages of work from other other fields that are not represented here and I, I, I can't help but think that that's purposeful right because maybe this idea started at a at a at a uh, at a symposium but you know what they could have found other authors right it, this is this this is not conference proceedings no and that's what it sounds like that's what it feels like conference proceedings. Right. This is not, not conference proceedings. It's not a journal issue. Okay, I found the quote. Can I do this quick? Yes. Yeah. So this is in Jacko, Jacko S's. I'm going to look up how to pronounce I think they're both Jacko S's. Uh, I'm going to make it even more difficult. I think they're both Jacko S's. <laughs> <laughs> so how to present the history of digital games. Okay. Page 552. So he is talking very pseudo respectfully about the way people do gender gaming. Thus, I would argue in the future, we will see an increasing amount of studies that aim to rhetorically challenge and unmask traditional histories, quote unquote, and master narratives by revealing counter narratives. I'd be like, I agree. History is focused on gender and gaming and game development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Prehistories, transnationalism, blah, blah. Okay. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I think we will. The aim of these studies is to provide a contradictory, alternative, and enriching perspective on history. I'm like, okay, you kind of have me. Or rather, histories, agreed, of games and culture. They seek to inspire debate, not only in the wider research community, but also among gamers and the public. Okay, I'm cool. I'm cool there. Their perspective toward history is not progress-oriented, but is merely ambiguous and almost always contextual, not focusing on much as on the question of the game, but rather on the shell surrounding the layers of the game. Mm. I'm like, is that how our work is seen by the jackals of the world? <laughs> like, I want to say, I looked it up while you were reading, it's Yako. Okay, so is that well, how our okay, work so is seen by the jackals works. of the world? Because <laughs> my God. That we're not yeah. seeking progress, but we're merely trying to inspire debate. I can't think of anything that's more antithetical to everything yeah. I've worked for in my entire life. Yeah. Is that how people see us? That's how Yakko sees us. See, okay, but you know why you know why the pronunciation Yakko is even worse? Wasn't one of the wasn't the little wasn't the little the little kind of spastic, absolutely insane animaniacs character called Yakko? I you uh, know what I never I watched remember. Animaniacs. Oh my was, god, what is wrong with y'all? I was too young. <sighs> Where plastic is a little problematic. Yeah. Agreed. Whatever. Jeez, Sam. Uh, appropriate way to be a Jacko. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a Yako. You're a Jacko. Jacko thank you. <laughs> Anywho, that line yeah. no, really I, I think, made me depressed. Yeah, because I don't. Your shit is surfaced, Alex. Your shit is surfaced. That's exactly what that says. You know what it's I a, want? Exactly. We're not worried about the game core. We're trying to inspire debate through counter narrative. No, it's not. What? A We're counter narrative. Not the real shit. Alternative <gasps> facts. Right. Alternative it, facts. It, you know what? That is totally Gamergate language, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. The narrative. Because it, oh it goes God, against the right. narrative. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know what? What here are the the things that really bother me about this one, and I'm glad you highlighted it, because first of all, I'm a, I am the young scholar at the table, in this conversation, right? I'm the the burgeoning newbie. I was beginning, like, I'm pretty sure I'm 
He was younger than you. Okay, I got it. I got it. You hush. You hush your face. Your whole face. My Uh, whole young. Your whole young face. (laughs) And you just look forward to your tenure. Um, And your kettle one. Uh, Thank you. As I'm beginning work on my dissertation, you know what I want? I want to understand our human relationship with games. That doesn't feel surface to me. That feels like the centerpiece of how we interact with this artifact. Right? That's what I want. It's not so an artifact, You want to understand though. humans. You don't want to understand right. white men only who've always interacted <laughs> with games. So therefore, you're looking at the periphery. You're looking at things that aren't core to games. But Alex, how can they have always interacted with games if there's no play impulse in humans? Yeah, well... Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and but that's right. There's no play imposing humans. But that's the thing is your work will always be seen as peripheral yeah. because you want to understand all humans. And that is bullshit. But Alicia, so, I mean, uh, yes, it is bullshit. But let me say this, too. Uh, oh, shit, I forgot. Oh, no, it can't, <laughs> it can't be it can't be a cultural artifact if it's just if it's just systems and if it's just systems and programming. I didn't say Never. cultural artifact. You said cultural artifact. I'm sorry. So it can't mean, be an, I'm saying cultural artifact. I added cultural too, but it can't be an artifact if it's just systems. But That's there is just, materiality. No, not is necessarily. Well, if, it's, if it's just code, there's no materiality. You, you talk to me in a couple of years and I will tell you what I think. I'm not there yet. But the other thing that bothers me is that this author cites some people that I do like. And I'm just sitting here and like, how can you read this in that way? And still think your thoughts. You know, there there's other people in, I ain't going to say who, because I ain't calling folk out, but there's other people in these articles. We spent the whole episode calling people out. Okay. I haven't been calling people out. We we created the two Jacko problem. That's not even the name. <laughs> <laughs> but the two Jacko Isn't that so accurate, though, the two Jacko problem? I love but the, two, but the two Jacko problem. <laughs> can you problem name the episode that, Sam? The two Jacko problem, we may, we may call we it. We would be Jacko. so mad if somebody mispronounced our name. I know. So the two Yakko problem. The two Yakko problem is not really about, is not really about those articles in general, but it is about the lack of diversity in the articles themselves. And the, for me, it, the biggest thing is the way they're framed. It's framed as the, as the, where we are in game studies and where we're going. And if There's this no is where we are and where we're going, I don't know what the fuck I've spent my entire adult life pursuing because this isn't my story and it shits all over the stuff I care about. That is my yep. biggest problem. Yeah. Yep. Fucking mic drop, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm depressed. I ain't gonna be... not. I'm going to set stuff on fire. I'm not getting depressed. You know what? I'm not depressed because we're here and we are working and sure. we're going to do, and I, I, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, I hate sometimes to see what I think of as human work relegated to only feminist spaces. Mm-hmm. It needs to be broader. But you know what? At the same time, if, if we need that space, we're going to make it and we are making that space. Yeah. You're right. We have to, apparently. There's no room for us in the history of game studies. 
Not not uh, this. Not not, this not the past and not, not the games and culture. Oh my god, it just blows my mind. Do better. Do do better. Better. <laughs> and I think that if they gave a Never crap and they published. listened to this podcast, then they would want to publish something you wrote, Alicia, because they would be like, that's an interesting opinion. We published this for God knows what reasons, but let's say there were some. So let's publish the other side. I hope I mean, so. You know? Because so. I need to get a job someday. <laughs> so somebody's got to publish me. <laughs> wow, it's late. Yeah. All right. On that note, <laughs> I think it's late note because you know it's never late. But on that note, here in Minnesota, <laughs> I was gonna say it's earlier in Minnesota than it is everywhere else. Than we you where know, we are. Okay. Yes, but Alex is old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, that's gonna bring us to the uh, to the end. Of episode 158 and the end of game studies as these dudes know it. Uh, <laughs> and the beginning of and the, the beginning. Jacko problem. <laughs> no, it's going to be the beginning of something else. It's going to be beginning of, of, of a more inclusive game studies okay. that is not just a bunch of dudes that want to sit back and say it's, it's just boys being boys. And it's all about the systems, and we need to play pay attention to the players, but not and too it's much all attention. Surface in the shell. If you talk about other stuff, right? That's the end of that shit. We're done with that. We're gonna burn that shit with this issue. Um, I'm gonna print it out just so I can burn it because I'm not burning my computer. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna print it out and have a bonfire in my backyard. Whoever posts this on Twitter <laughs> should make sure to tag the game, game, uh, games and culture folks. <clears throat> oh my god. Alex, I need to get a job someday. <laughs> That's okay. You'll be fine. Target was hiring. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Bazing, Bourbon Sam. Wow. <laughs> Bourbon Sam. Oh, I'm kidding. We can't even let her in the podcast. We're such bad kids. I know. So, uh, like I said, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 158. I mean, so the and the, the 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 takeaway for this is, like I said, this is the end of this version, this historical, a historical rewriting of the history of game studies. Um, and the beginning, that was brilliant, something better, right? Mm-hmm. This is also a reminder for folks out there that are doing writing or programming or you know, have a story to tell, not just academics, right? We're looking for academics. We're looking for gamers. We're looking for, uh, we're looking for programmers. We're looking for developers. We're looking for anybody who has some kind of text to share um, for the the new and burgeoning Now Your Mama's Gamer Journal. Um, the call for papers is on the site. I'll put a link in the show notes. Send us your stuff, right? Make your voice heard. So it's not just these dudes, right? Um, so until next time when we have episode 159 we would like to say thank you for hanging out thank you for listening thank you for being you and being serious about the work that you do whether your work is academic or playful and until then stay dry stay safe and as always my friends game on game on game on 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.